When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Wednesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Battleground polls out nine months and five days until election 2024. What do they tell us? Also, legal wrangling, huge article in Politico, Buck, about the challenges of any of these cases being resolved in time for the election. A lot of pra- I read this article this morning, Buck, and and I know there's poll data out there that says if Trump is convicted, it could impact the decision of many swing uh, state voters and swing voters in general. Buck, this article that was up in Politico, uh, it was as if they were trying to pressure. I mean, it was as aggressive as I've seen the judge in the D.C. circuit to get their opinion in because they're suddenly recognizing that the time is majorly a factor here and that as the play uh, continues to get strung out, it is impacting things in a very favorable way for Trump. We'll talk some about that. Also, third hour. This is a big story, and I know a lot of you have been paying attention to it. Buck is going to be uh, taking a tutorial a little bit. The Attorney General of the State of Tennessee is going to be with us. There has been a blockbuster lawsuit filed this morning that could potentially end college athletics as we know it. The states of Virginia and Tennessee, uh, the Attorney Generals Jonathan Skirmetti and Jason Mayares in Tennessee and Virginia, and I think a lot of other Attorney Generals will sign on to this too, are effectively attacking the basis for the NCAA to exist. Uh, through name, image, and likeness law. It's really a very fascinating situation. Um, and we're going to talk with that Attorney General Skirmetti from Tennessee in the third hour. Also, I'm headed down to Miami. I'm not disappointed about this. The weather is perfect. Buck and I are going to be doing some business work uh, down in Miami the next couple of days for uh, for the radio show, all good news. Um, but we are excited about that. But we begin 
Buck, I'm just going to hit you with these numbers uh, from the uh, the battleground states. This is from Morning Consult and GE. This is considered to be a very reputable poll. And I will mention that the polls, by and large, have been reflected as, uh, you know, Trump's leads, basically the exact of what we expected in Iowa, a little bit lower maybe uh, than expected in uh, in New Hampshire, but still double-digit win. This is head-to-head. It actually gets worse for Biden when third parties are included. Bloomberg and Morning Consult, this is the poll. Wisconsin, Trump is up five. Pennsylvania, Trump is up three. Nevada, Trump is up eight. Georgia, Trump is up eight. Michigan, Trump is up five. North Carolina, Trump is up ten. And Arizona, Trump is up three. Margin of error, 1%. So outside of the margin of error, Trump leads in all seven swing states. In order to be elected president, either Trump or Biden probably needs to win four of these seven states. Buck, do you buy the numbers as they look nine months out from Election Day, or are you apprehensive about what these numbers are telling us? The reality is we've never seen anything like this before for Donald Trump at any point that he has been a politician, right? He's never been this far out ahead. Um, I, I think part of this is the longer he has this lead in the polls, the harder it becomes for Democrats to argue this um, risk to democracy thing that they always talk about. Uh, he was already president, as we've discussed before, for four years. And so we know that he didn't, in fact, become a horrible dictator. Um, if by horrible dictator you mean a booming economy, no new wars, and lots of sensible decision make a uh, decision making from the white house uh then yeah sure but clearly he isn't hitler and people who say that are emotionally unstable and delusional and so the longer that he has a lead in swing states i and look we pay attention to this every day right i mean we're watching the horse race as closely as anyone can but i do think it starts to filter out into the broader conversation if he's so awful and such a risk, why is he beating Joe Biden in all of the places he would need to to be president, especially after January 6th when they, I would assume, Democrats certainly uh, believe that that makes him unelectable going forward. Well, January 6th happened, and he's clearly not unelectable because he is crushing an incumbent president in a half a dozen swing states. Uh, I, I, I do think what concerns me is not only that... Uh, there's this still there's even more polling that shows if he gets a felony conviction on the January 6th stuff specifically. Now, I don't know if, you know, I don't know how it will play if he gets the New York. I think he's going to be found guilty in New York. I'm, oh, yeah. This is, he's going to be, right? He's 100% guilty. Yeah. So he's going to be found guilty in New York, but he's going to be found guilty of a bookkeeping error, which is absurd. And it actually may backfire in terms of the politics of it. I think, I think it that's may, right. I think that one may backfire to the point where I'm still not even a hundred percent convinced. You know, Alvin Bragg wants to do it for Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of New York. But I don't know if the Biden White House wants him to do it. And this guy has asked, I'm sure he wants to be governor of New York or mayor of New York. He's got aspirations, right? They may be saying, hold on a second. You think you're helping, but you're hurting. Um, but really, the other thing that I think about, Clay, is this whole thing, we're going to talk so much about policy and, you know, we, we hammer the border. We, we've been talking about the border, as everyone knows, B-52 
before this became the number one issue in the country. We talk about it almost every day. And it may all come down to a guilty verdict one way or the other in D.C. That may be what determines the election more than any other policy or thing we can talk about, which is not the way the system is supposed to work. So I, I'm with you, though. I, I find that hard to believe. I, I find it hard to think that the polls are right on that, but I also don't want to be picking and choosing and saying, well, Trump's ahead in all the swing state polls. Let's ignore the if he gets in, if he gets convicted in D.C., he loses every swing state, which is what the polls say right now. Yeah, and I agree with you, by the way, on Alvin Bragg. I think it can be an interesting situation where trying Trump is the best thing that could happen for Alvin Bragg's political career. And don't mistake the fact that Alvin Bragg and Letitia James both probably are angling to one day be the governor of New York. And so whoever can be the toughest against Trump, whoever can be the baddest man on the block in New York, it can be politically advantageous. But, Buck, I think with what we talked about with the Eugene Carroll results and with the uh, Trump organization itself being under siege, I think a lot of Americans are just writing off everything that happens in New York. And I think that actually works to Trump's benefit. Because I think a lot of people out there, uh, if they're paying attention to it at all, they say $88 million for an alleged sexual assault that there's really no evidence ever happened. That's a lot of money. $88 million. And then they're trying to take a $300 million or so fine from the Trump organization in New York as well. I think all of that kind of gets rolled in together. I don't know if you agree with me on this, Buck, but in my experience as a lawyer, most people don't understand the difference between civil courts and criminal courts. I mean, as a general public, right? There are people who are super plugged into what's going on in the court system. But I think the idea of civil court and the standard of justice and criminal court and the standard of justice I think everything New York is already baked in for Trump. And and I think it's whether it's the Alvin Bragg charges, whether it's the Letitia James, whether it's the E. Jean Carroll, people just kind of have the sense that New York hates Trump and they're doing everything they can to get him. So I would put that off to the side, and I would say that's actually beneficial to Trump because you're a New York City guy. A lot of people who don't live in New York City just think New York's a different world, right? Like where I live in uh, in Tennessee, Buck, we used to get phone calls when I was in D.C., like I would answer the phone for the congressman's office, and people would be like, is this Washington, D.C.? It was like such a foreign place that the idea that people lived there was like you lived on a different planet. That's how much of the country sees New York. I think Trump's gold there. I am fascinated by how the timing of the Jack Smith January 6th case is going to play out, because increasingly that feels to me like the entire ball of wax, so to speak, to your point, for Joe Biden. If they can get that case, if they can get that conviction, they feel like it's their ace in the hole, it's going to swing the election. If they can't, what's going to change these seven states? Remember, so he doesn't have to the, win all seven. He just has to win four. One thing that, that we haven't discussed here is that I think you and I both see this now, and we're certainly not alone in this, as they're all in all in on the get a Jack Smith conviction and we're golden strategy. If that is the case, we think the Jack Smith case, well, sorry, the Jack Smith case will start when I bring this up because, uh, the, the, the timeline here of the anyone but Biden switch starts to become very, very narrow. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're yeah. going to wait until this trial happens, 
it's going to stretch and it's going to take at least what six to eight weeks from start. They say it's going to be March fourth, but now it's probably going to get pushed beyond that. And assuming it gets pushed beyond that and it starts happening in the summer, you can't do the switch while you're waiting for the trial verdict, right? That would be so. Maybe that's the ultimate, ultimate backup plan. I know you think so. I think they got to just ride with what they've got, but they've got to try to time this out. And I think they may have made at this point. I it's clear. They went with too many prosecutions. I think that that has backfired on them. I think they still hope that they can turn it all around with the one January 6th Jack Smith prosecution. Um, I wonder if the Florida Mar-a-Lago documents, I haven't seen specific polling on that if he was found guilty there, but it's the process crime. I mean, it's, it's, it's another documents issue and there's no harm done. Right. So you're going to get into, do people really care? I don't know. I think the answer is probably not. So the Politico article was interesting because remember, Buck, I was on an island for a while arguing that it was going to be super hard to get these cases done. Uh, there were people out there saying, oh, they're going to be able to get all these cases. Like, and I just kept looking at it saying, I don't. Under-. So March 4th is not happening. And I think this show was one of the first places to let you know, hey, March 4th is not happening. I mean, we're going to be February tomorrow. Uh, there's a 0% chance March 4th is happening. Um, we'll see when the D.C. Court of Appeals issues its opinion. And to give you a little bit of a preview of how that would go, they're probably going to rule 2-1 that Trump doesn't have immunity. Then Trump can appeal and ask for the entire D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals to hear that case. Um, and then he can go to the Supreme Court. So even now, I don't see any way that these cases are likely to start before July 4th. And that is being generous. And when you get to July, Buck, and on your time frame there, you're right, it's at least a two- or three-month trial. Let's be honest. you got to seat the jury. You've got to uh, – Trump's lawyers are going to drag it out as long as they want. They want to – if they start the trial, they don't want it to finish. I mean, I think they see it as being politically advantageous – uh, especially if they could drag it out past the actual uh, date. I mean, you could see a situation where they're actually racing in October to try to get a conviction to be the October surprise for the election. I mean, I don't think that's a crazy thing to think about right now at all in D.C. It's also just, as political commentators, think of all the time we're going to spend on the Biden economy and the Biden border, and ultimately this may turn on... A bogus abuse of law prosecution and what a jury of Trump's DC peers thinks that that, that could be the the whole whole. Uh, you want a crazy thing. one to think about too, Buck? What if one big Trump supporter got on the jury and just derailed the entire thing? I mean, if you're listening to us in the DC area right now, and there's about five percent of you that are Trump supporters. If you could get yourself seated on that jury as a Trump supporter, you could derail the entire United States prosecution. Are, are of you telling Trump. me that I should maybe look into uh, some Georgetown rentals or something I, coming up this summer? And I, all I, of a sudden, I, I, Chuck Saxon with a little mustache <laughs> he just grew could be on this jury. I don't know. I, I am saying if you are listening to us in the D.C. area right now and you are a Republican Trump supporter, usually when everybody gets that jury summons, down to D.C. Uh, court and try to get on that jury this fall because you could be the person who derails Jack Smith. Remember, it only takes one juror to just say, I'm not convicting, hung jury, that thing's done. 
and they have to go back, then Trump, there's no conviction. We just need one. I'd do it if I were a DC resident. I'd do everything I could to get on that jury. Well, and there's no, and there's absolutely no chance that they'd be able to retry it after, you know, if, if they could, they wouldn't be able to do a no, retrial zero, before the zero no chance. chance of that. So, so, and by the way, you and I have both been DC out. residents at some point. So if I, you know, there's college kids out there listening to us right now who count as DC, you don't know, I do no idea who's on the jury. Uh, if you can get on it, you could derail this thing. So, uh, also we've got on Capitol Hill that the tech titans are being yelled at by members of, of Congress. A lot of grandstanding, but is there any substance to it? We'll dive into that coming up here in a little bit as well. In the meantime, my friends, Tunnel to Towers Foundation does incredible work, and we're honored to partner with them here on this show. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or a military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, which enable severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and needed services to homeless veterans. More than 3,000 were helped last year alone. The Foundation's 9-11 Institute is helping teachers educate kids about our nation's darkest day, so America will never forget. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel the to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Join us in donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to a hundred times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. 
Price Picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a preborn network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat, and she chose life. When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor preborns entire network for 24 hours helping to rescue 200 babies to donate use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby that's pound 250 saying baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck that's preborn.com slash b-u-c-k sponsored by preborn welcome back it must be an election year because joe biden is suddenly remembering this place known as East Palestine, Ohio. You, you all remember that. There was a train derailment, concerns about uh, toxic fumes. Joe Biden never showed up there. He showed up at so many other places, never showed up in East Palestine, Ohio. But Clay, it's been about a year, and there's an election this year. And now Joe Biden is saying he is going to go. He's going to show up in East Palestine just in time to pretend he cared enough to do it the first time. Yeah, and a year later, uh, the reality is Ohio's off the board. Uh, we want all the Ohioans to go vote, but Ohio's a red state now. Florida's a red state. We gave you the seven states, potentially. I don't even buy that North Carolina's going to be that close. Um, I, I think North Carolinians, they voted for Trump in 20. They're going to vote for Trump in 2024, too. Uh, but it is interesting where Biden is going to try to play Mr. Nice Guy routine. But it took him a year to show up. And and I think that was a moment when Trump's campaign really started to catch a lot of uh, of good vibes was when he showed up there. I think he went to he either went to a McDonald's or a Dairy Queen there and had a really organic, natural reaction. And I think that's when Trump is at his best uh, among crowds like that. We'll talk about that a little bit more yeah. when we come back. You think he was Trump's good, right? Gonna be, he's going to be sending America vanilla milkshakes. That's right. He knows the move. Uh, My Pillow. They've done a great job. Uh, the employees have done a great job out there getting you all the products. And now they want to say thank you for all the monster size uh, orders that you guys have given them. Uh, online sales include newest products in addition to overstock and clearance items, fantastic prices, free shipping. Uh, for instance, you can get a MyPillow mattress topper to get that brand new bed feeling for just $99.99. Free shipping must have. Also, MyPillow 2.0 products, 50% off, cozy new flannel sheets, uh, six packs towel sets, uh, $29.98. Every item comes with a 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. And to get this offer, just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square. You can check out everything there. You want to use our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code. Again, go to MyPillow.com. Use our names as the promo code. Great prices, free shipping. You'll love it. Go get checked out today. MyPillow.com. Code... 
Clay and Buck. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Uh, welcome in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. I was just laughing because I was seeing a headline from Outkick. And if you're out there as we get closer to Valentine's Day, what is it? Like, uh, two weeks out. I always, uh, it's tough to keep up with all these things. Um, uh, just a funny story, a headline. Man City defender Kyle Walker, he's a big time soccer star, I guess, overseas, uh, publicly, ap- <laughs> so by the way, if you're, if your wife is mad at you right now, you can go look at this story. Hey, baby, it could be way worse. Uh, publicly apologized to his pregnant wife after getting his mistress, who is a Instagram influencer, pregnant for a second time. So if you thought out there and you're like, man, you know, your husband didn't pick up the towels today or he left the dirty laundry laying on the floor, man, then you could just, it could be worse. You could say, hey, I could have gotten my, while you're pregnant, I could have gotten my Instagram influencer mistress pregnant for a second time. Things could always be worse. Just, just putting that out there. Um, and speaking of things could always be worse, but we were also talking about during the break, there is a report that the judge in the, and I know this is complicated and you almost have to have like a flow chart, uh, uh, to keep track of all the different lawfare that's going against Trump right now. There is a report that the judge in the business case that they're trying to get Trump for exaggerating his assets, the, the attorney general of New York, Letitia James, that he may issue a ruling. And Buck, if that happens today, and there is a major hit on Trump's businesses, there could be a $300 million fine, all sorts of significant penalties there. Buck, if this happens, Friday he gets hit for $83 million. Wednesday he gets hit for another couple of hundred million dollars. I don't see how anyone with a functional brain couldn't look at this and say, I don't know that we've ever seen a more significant rig job being put in place by one state against an individual than what New York State is trying to do right can, now. Can I throw Trump. something out there to you that that has come up among some of my uh, close confidants in this world? Because they've asked me, and I haven't had a even satisfactory answer for myself. What are they going to do if Trump actually gets announced as the victor on election night? And I want everyone to really think about that for a second, because I think that, you know, there's a sense that, okay, it'd be this amazing political comeback and, you know, they would just have to deal with it. They are an emotionally, meaning the Democrats, an emotionally wrecked mess. A large portion of whom really think that this guy is a dictator who will end the country. I don't know if it's 20% or 30%, but there are crazy libs who believe that. That's oh, not yeah. just a talking point for them. They really think that. So what are they going to do? Um, I don't think the answer is, and I know we're getting way ahead here, cart before the horse and all that, but, you know, it's an interesting thing to consider. I don't think that they just say, oh, wow, Trump won those swing states. I guess he gets to be president again, and we'll get him next time. They're going to do something. Now, riots in cities across America, oh, yeah, I think that's a near certainty. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to happen. But you have to remember, what would they feel justified in doing, given their view of January 6th, which was a riot, not an insurrection, but given their view of January 6th as 
an attempt to overthrow the government by Trump, where do you think they would draw the line? I, you know, I, I don't want to get too far down this because I know it can become a little conspiratorial and a little bit depressing, but I do think that there's, you know, you keep, we keep talking about what's the plan here? Well, the plan may be that if Trump wins, they decide he hasn't won. And I don't know what that means, but they would feel based on 2020, you know, this clay, they would feel totally justified in taking that position. I would say there is a 100% chance that they will have everything boarded up all over every major American city in November of 2024. Because every major American city was boarded up in November of 2020, and they were prepared for riots. And it wasn't riots because Trump supporters were going to pour out into the streets and be doing celebratory uh, you know, moments, right? It was because they expected that if Trump were to win that there would be riots all over the country. So I would expect if you're in D.C., Philadelphia, Chicago, Washington, D.C., uh, New York City, Atlanta, maybe even places like Denver, L.A., San Francisco, all of those major shopping areas will be covered in plywood. And I said this at the time. People got really fired up. I, I 1 billion percent believe it to be true, Buck. I think if Trump had won a narrow election in 2020, let's say Trump had won uh, Wisconsin, Trump had won Arizona, and Trump had won uh, uh, Georgia, that would have ended up in an even 269 to 269 tie. It would have been decided by the Supreme Court. 20,000 votes changed in those states. I think that Democrats would have made January 6th look like a parade and would have had one of the biggest riots nationwide that we've ever seen. Because then it would have gone into the House of Representatives, and the House of Representatives would have elected Trump as President of the United States because there are more states. You you basically elect based on how many members of each state they vote, uh, and Trump would have won because there are more Republican states in that um, tie-break scenario. I think that it, it would have made January 6th look like jaywalking. The Democrats would have rioted and attacked the likes of which... It would have made even their BLM riots seem small. And I think that you have to be prepared for that in 2024. Um, there's been relatively few times, Buck, where I've ever said, I don't want my family out on the streets. I, I think election night 2024 could be one of those nights where you just want to be buttoned up. You want to be in your house and you don't want to be anywhere near a downtown, uh, city center. I, I gotta say, if, if someone really believed that there was an American Hitler who was ascending and, and it was, you know, it was imminent. I, I think that there are a lot of things that they would be considering that are far outside of what the American political mainstream has considered, right? Um, certainly rejection of the election results by the House of Representatives, if the Democrats can get away with that, which, you know, right, right now they couldn't because the majority, but you know, there's, I think there are things that they're going to, you talk about the break the glass plan, whatever the break the glass uh, plan would be for a post-election night, if Trump comes out ahead, they'll do anything. They just, they're just figuring out what it is, I think. I think that's part of this discussion as well. And I, I don't know, I don't know what that would be, but I do know that they're not just going to cry on CNN and then decide we'll get them next time. That's not going to happen. 
It's going to be a lot more than that. The one thing I wonder about, Buck, is at least you have an in. I know they'll try to claim Trump's going to change the Constitution and he'll refuse to leave office. I mean, they'll try to claim that. I don't think that's really going to register. I wonder if having a known end date, at least of the Trump era, would make it less overwhelming than the vagina hat celebrations and uh, and riots that we saw that happened when Trump won in 20. You know what I mean? Like the women's march that we all saw. When you know that January of, what is the math, 2029, Trump would be stepping down if in the event that he were to win. I wonder whether having a known fin- finish date makes it less of a political expediency. Because I do believe this is true. Whether it's Trump, Biden, or Michelle Obama, or whoever it is, if it's Trump or Biden, then by 2027, we're going to be on early 2027. By the midterm, as soon as the midterms happen, whoever president is basically has no more power. And we're on to who's going to be the nominee, what's the election for 2028 going to look like. It's different than if there's somebody who is going to be running as an incumbent. And I wonder whether Trump as great Satan would be less threatening if you know basically when his tenure is going to come to a close. I mean, I'm sure they'll impeach him. I'm sure they'll try to remove him from office and all those things. But it becomes more difficult to justify when you know that he's leaving office in January of 29, no matter what. Yeah. So I, I think that's I think that's Let's also take some calls on this. I, I want to know what there. people think is is going to happen here. So eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and uh, we'll break all that down for you and more. And I want to tell you uh, as we continue to roll through the Wednesday edition of the program, great storytelling is one of the best things to come out of the podcast explosion. And one of those great podcasts, Our American Stories, each day. Several new episodes of Our American Stories cover everything from the men and women who built the country to fascinating parts of history you might not have ever heard before. You'll be inspired, entertained, and also learn something new. On today's episode, you'll hear the remarkable story of an unbreakable brotherhood and one man's quest to return the remains of his fellow pilot to U.S. soil. Another episode features a father whose life story inspired his son to write and direct iconic films like Braveheart, phenomenal movie, the Man in the Iron Mask, and Pearl Harbor, movies rooted in courage, sacrifice, and faith. The Our American Stories podcast tells the stories of ordinary Americans who do heroic things, created the inventions that changed our society, or even just started phrases that set language trends for generations to come. If you're a naturally curious person or into history, you're going to love Our American Stories. You can find Our American Stories on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Our American Stories. 24 Clay and Buck's weekly campaign cliff notes. Episodes drop Sundays at noon Eastern on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a pre-born network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat and she chose life. When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck 
That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost, the average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash buck. Welcome back into Clay and Buck. Uh, we are going to talk to you a little bit about the tech titans and the fury of Congress coming up here in a few minutes. Um, I'm, I will tell you in advance, I tend to be very cynical of this, you know. You get a speech from members of the Senate, you know, or did Google is poisoning the minds of our children, which I'm not saying that that's not true, but then they go on their Gmail and, and they, and they start, you know, G chatting other members of the Senate and then they watch YouTube videos of themselves later on after they clip it from cable news. Yeah. A lot of talk. Oh, and they take money from, it's called now Alphabet, right? But it owns Google. It owns YouTube. That's the parent company. Uh, same thing with Meta. You know, Facebook is poisoning our children's minds. And then you go, wait, but what are you doing about Facebook other than taking a lot of Facebook money for your campaign when it comes time, right? I mean, I am very cynical of the uh, ability or willingness of them to rein in big tech in any meaningful way. One of the things that I have always found most fascinating about this is most of those big tech executives have kids and they don't let their kids on their products. And I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show before. The only advertisements that I can remember where I just said I won't do it. Um, I wouldn't do, uh, smoking in my career and I wouldn't do like vaping and any of that stuff because I would be legitimately disappointed if I saw my kids consuming that product. And I've always found that so fascinating. You know, Mark Zuckerberg's of the world, uh, it's it's a tough I, I I think about this as a parent, right? The one thing if you want parenting advice from me and I'm not saying that that I know very much, 
The one thing I wish I could go back in time and do is I wish I had kept iPads and iPhones away from my young kids when they were young. Um, it's easy in parenting because you're out to a restaurant and you can take an iPad and you can give it to a kid and they'll uh, calm down or they're on an airplane or they're at the house and you're trying to get something taken care of. Um, my kids are on their iPads a lot. The one thing I'm thankful that we did is, so far as I know, and kids are smarter with tech often than their parents, we've kept them off of social media. My 16-year-old, we're now letting have social media accounts. Now, the reality is he may have outsmarted us long before and had social media accounts, but I think it's incredibly toxic. And I've got boys. I can't imagine having daughters that are on Instagram all day looking at all these influencers and the way that they make money and the things that they post. Like, I just, I can't even I, imagine trying to raise a daughter. I saw, I think it was in uh, somewhere in Ohio. But there, there's some effort in schools now to ban cell phones, you know, smartphones. We all have smart, like, I don't think anyone's hanging out with a Nokia from 20 years ago, right? Like, yeah. we all have smartphones that they've, they have to ban smartphones in the classroom as if that's a new thing. I'm sitting here thinking, kids have smartphones in the classroom? Oh, this yeah. This is a thing that is to me completely bonkers because I mean, I, I remember when I was in class, you know, way back, way back in the day, and I was walking to school in three feet of snow, <laughs> barefoot, barefoot up a mountainside, Clay, in yes. the middle of Manhattan. Um, no, but the, the truth is that there was like nothing to do but pay attention to what the teacher was saying in silence, I might add. Yeah. Kids are sitting no. there texting and Googling and Facebooking and all this stuff in class. This is horrible. It's a major issue, and a lot of them have uh, laptops they can get on the Internet during class. Um, it, and I don't think it's coincidental, because this big tech conversation is happening today. They're grilling all these different executives. One, again, I would point out, if they won't let their own kids do it, it's a sign that their product is not that safe. Two, Buck, if you look at data on kids' happiness, on their optimism, on their overall mental health, it went off a cliff right as the social media era began. Now, I, I watched some of the testimony this morning, and Zuckerberg was saying, there's no evidence that our products are created. Well, maybe it's the Internet at large, but it certainly seems to be the case that your average kid out there is harmed significantly by social media. And the reason why I bring this up, Buck, is everybody looks back on prior generations and they ridicule decisions that they made that we all recognize now were profoundly unhealthy. I'll give you an example. How often do you see somebody like smoking on an airplane and think to yourself, how in the world was that ever permissible? I, I may or may not have gone to bars when I was in high school, which I know sounds, yes. you know, but that was a thing that happened in New York, especially because we didn't have to worry about drunk driving because everyone would just take taxis everywhere in, yeah. in New York City. Um, so, you know, and they would, places would let kids drink, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. I mean, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't unusual. And I remember being in bars and coming home and reeking Correct. of cigarette, of cigarette smoke because the whole bar was just a giant cloud of smoke. I mean, that was normal. Uh, I had, I knew girls, uh, you know, uh, who were my age, my peers who were smoking a pack of marble marbles. Yeah. I mean, my kids, if they see someone smoking now, they, treat it like they see someone smoking crack. So my point on that is we all think 
that we are all smarter than everybody else. Our generation is so much smarter than everybody. But we are, I think, I think we're going to look at social media as our generation's version of smoking. And I think in the years ahead, we're going to look back and say, this was such a failure that we let 12 and 13 and 14-year-old kids onto social media and allowed it to destroy, in many ways, their mental health. I I definitely, I want to open up lines next hour to parents and how they see this. You know, Clay's obviously a parent of three. I want to hear from all of you out there. we got so many parents who listen. We'll play some of the highlights, uh, such as they are, from these hearings, what was said uh, to these so-called tech titans. Uh, it's a big issue, and uh, social media is more powerful now than really any other kind of media out there. And it also affects elections, as we all know. Just ask pre-Elon Twitter and the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop and more. We're going to dive into that coming up here in just a few. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 